Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns and Foster, Temper Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60 month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Seth Payne and Sean Pendergast. Organizationally, um, just want to reiterate our commitment to Deshaun Watson. Um, he's had a great impact on this organization, a great impact on a lot of people, a great impact on this team. And um, we look forward to the opportunity to spend more time with him here this spring once we get started. And, you know, we have zero interest in trading the player. Um, we have a great plan, a great vision for, for him and for this team and his role on our team. And we look forward to the opportunity to spend more time with him here this spring. That was, of course, last Friday as we welcome you all in on a Wednesday. Sean Pendergast, Seth Payne with you. That's Texans general manager Nick Casario last Friday laying it out that they don't plan on trading Deshaun Watson. Uh, The smoke continues to swirl as to Deshaun Watson's mindset and the Texans' mindset. And both sides, I would say, if we had to... Uh, apply an adjective to this, Seth Payne, as we welcome everybody in, and good morning to you. I would say stubborn would be a, a an appropriate adjective for both sides. Both sides appear to be very dug in. The Deshaun Watson reportedly not going back to Houston, as we talked about yesterday. He is, according to Mike Kliss in Denver, reportedly at a stage where he's actually got this thing narrowed down to a handful of teams. We'll talk about that. Uh, but the Texans are just as dug in. Report from Bleacher Report yesterday from several executives saying, yeah, they're not even taking our phone calls right now. They, yeah, they, they, are yeah. living, they are living up to their end of the deal, the Texans are, about not entertaining Deshaun Watson trades, for now at least. I, I, yeah, and I'm, um, I'm kind of confused by how many people take this as somehow like dunking on any notion that Deshaun will get traded. Like the same people, the same people that will come to me with – Valid complaints, uh, the same people that will come to me just validly distraught over the state of the Texans and their inability to do anything rationally or right will say, well, <laughs> look, see, the Texans aren't planning on trading Deshaun Watson. Like, that could never change. Like, somehow, oh, yeah, oh, the te- they'll, they'll do the right thing this time. Don't worry about it. But ignore the last 18 months. They'll do the right thing this time. They won't, they won't cave when things get a little unpleasant. The, the the funny thing about this is listening to people outside of the market talk about it. I was listening to Damon Amanda Lara talk about it on his show before we came on the air. Uh, they spent a whole segment talking about the latest with Deshaun and 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 the latest. You know, Chris Sims saying that he's talked to people. It says Deshaun will sit out the year if he has to in this whole thing. It's really funny to listen to people outside of the market talk about situations involving the Texans as if there's some sort of cookie-cutter way that this is all going to play out. Have you watched this team operate for the last 18 months? There's nothing normal about what they do. There's not a, there's not a single normal thing about the way that they am- operate. It's amazing to me that these unnamed GMs are saying, well, everybody knows you would never trade away a guy like Deshaun. 
Are you, are you new to this country? Like, are you, how did you get a job as a GM and say anything about the Texans operating in any kind of a normal fashion? Yeah. The only hope there, I think, and a lot of people around the league probably think, well, okay, Nick Casario is in charge now, and Nick Casario knows the deal. Nobody here thinks Nick Casario is actually in charge. Right. You can say he has final say over the roster and all that. Nobody is buying it. Mm-hmm. I'm not even making an accusation or anything. I'm just saying nobody's actually buying that. Yeah. Maybe I guess I guess some people are. If they if they believe all the other dribble, just like oh yeah, there's going to be a search committee, or oh yeah, we're going to do this or that. Like nobody, be- nobody believes anything. There's no, there's no. Uh, hey, Nick Casario is going to inject some sanity and sobriety into the organization. Maybe I mean he'll try, but but we'll see. We gotta we gotta worry about Jack Easterby's grand vision yeah. of I don't know, just populating this with do-gooders and guys that will bow down in abeyance to Jack Easterby. Yeah. So the, here here's the latest on Deshaun Watson. Um, Bleacher Report had an article yesterday basically saying the Texans aren't budging in Watson trade talks. Here's some of the specific nuggets from that from that article. Uh, one NFL general manager said he hasn't heard anything from Houston that makes him think Watson will be traded, and he suggested this is a mainly media-driven story. Uh, according to two high-level executives from different teams in the quarterback market, Texans brass have told interested teams that they will not be having any conversations about trading Watson. Quote, It's Houston right now. They don't have any rhyme or reason on what they've done over the last year and a half. Now, see, that's a smart executive right there. Just wait it out because they'll do something that you don't expect them to do. Look, regardless of who's in charge, whether it's Jack Easterby, whether it's Nick Casario, ultimately it's Cal McNair and Janice McNair's football team. They rubber stamp everything that goes on over there. Um, Ultimately, Whoever's steering the ship, Seth, this is the right tack to take for the Texans right now. They're they're probably going to wind up trading Deshaun Watson at some point. But on February 3rd, uh, 2021, the, sh- the store should not be open for Deshaun Watson. You at least need to be putting up a front that, no, we're not trading. Yeah. Why would we trade this beautiful jewel that we have right here when we are a jewel collector? We want this. Yeah. We want to keep this. That's um, And somebody... A couple of people, when I said, hey, Deshaun asked for a trade, said, well, hey, maybe that's just sources reporting that. Uh, but the report of an official trade request would be the simplest and easiest thing to deny I- right. immediately. Right. You know, like that, you can squelch that fire very, very quickly. And that's not even the kind of thing that I, I think a team would think twice about. You just deny that. You say, "Well, no, we haven't. We haven't received this request. We haven't. Um, we haven't dealt with any of that." Or that an agent would deny. We know that Mulligetta is in the mode right now, where he he did deny something uh, yep. within the last two days about Deshaun and, Watson. And Deshaun scrubbing the Texans from his social media mentions is a big deal. Yeah. Like that's uh, you can say. There's a difference between saying it shouldn't be a big deal because you don't like social media or you hate the way the world is trending. Did you watch The Social Dilemma on Netflix? Right. It's bad. But but in the way reality is, which is for a guy Deshaun's age and in his profession and being keenly aware of his PR and all of that, scrubbing the Texans from his social media is is a real fail. So really what this all boils down to, and this is where I get a little this is where I get a little PO'd on behalf of Deshaun and other athletes. What this boils down to is that a lot of these guys and these unnamed GMs just aren't taking Deshaun seriously. They're they're doing the, well, look, he's upset and he's whining and everything will be fine. It's February. The, the, this stuff always blows over. And I, I worry that 
the more that attitude gets put out there, the more Deshaun will say, "Oh yeah, oh is that right? Is that oh oh I'm uh I don't I don't have the intestinal fortitude to stick this out. All right, let's see about that. I worry that it'll turn into a grudge match of Deshaun against all these people who aren't taking his concerns seriously. Yeah, and I I think you know I'll <clears throat> I'll throw the the new head coach David Culley into that mix that you just talked about, Seth. From his press conference on Friday, my initial reaction when I heard David Culley. His first words about Deshaun Watson, when I heard him say this, I thought exactly what you just said about Deshaun kind of digesting uh, what executives and pundits around the league are saying about The him. only thing I knew about this whole situation at that point was is that I was being interviewed for, for this job to be the head coach, and I did know at that point Deshaun Watson's a Houston Texan. He's the quarterback of the Houston Texans, and that's all that I was concerned about. And that's all I knew. And and whatever was been said about what was been what he wanted to do or he didn't want to do, all I know is this: having been in this business this long, you know, he is a Houston Texan, and I want him to be a Houston Texan. And the reason I'm in this position today is because I knew he's going to be a Houston Texan. And so that the outside stuff that was being said was irrelevant to me because the most important thing to me is that at that time was figuring out what can I do after talking with Nick and his family, to become the head coach of the Houston Texans. I mean, there is still so much to unpack just from that quote alone, Seth. And if I'm Deshaun Watson and I'm watching this, I'm feeling two things. I'm feeling, okay, one, this guy sounds a little bit like he's telling me what to do and he's been in the building for about five minutes. That's number one. Um, Number two is, hold up, I've requested a trade. You're the new head coach of this team. I'm Deshaun Watson. You are just kind of just whistling past the graveyard on my trade request. Like, yeah, you... You know, he's the quarterback of the team. Like, basically, basically, I'd feel like, man, I'm a really important guy on this team. Not to, you know, humble brag or anything like that, but th- this doesn't concern you at all that I've put in a trade request? Like, you're <laughs> you're just okay with all this. Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. and, and I think this team especially. Now, Nick Casario wasn't in the building, but they've been de-pantsed routinely by players here. Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, really the DeAndre Hopkins trade, DeAndre ended up getting what he wanted. Um, Laramie Tunsil got what he wanted. Various nondescript average football players have been overpaid. They're, they don't really have a leg to stand on when it comes to negotiating. Right. Deshaun's got a no trade clause that Jack Easterby gave him for God knows what reason. Uh, just various other things are going wrong all the time. So I would, I would caution them against, I would caution them against underestimating Deshaun Watson. He's probably smarter than half the people in the front office. Oh, yeah, for sure. All right. I think people underestimate how stupid some actual NFL front office executives are, yeah. including um, these unnamed GMs that say that, oh, well, the Texans aren't currently planning to trade him, so this must all be media-driven. Right. We'll ignore all the actual complaints from Deshaun Watson. Right. Because we don't actually respect. Sean, this is, why, this is where I get disgusted. And it happens with media members. It happens with guys in the front office. It happens with football coaches. They they are continually underestimating the intelligence and resolve of football players. And it drives me insane because a lot of those slack-jawed morons in the front office are just lucky that they chose the profession they did because if they had to go to work in a profession where there's actual smart people, they'd be stuck in lower middle management the rest of their careers. But they, they ham it up and they, they backslap their way to getting lofty positions in NFL front offices and they don't actually know what they're doing. So there's a part of me, and it's driving me insane, there's a part of me that wants Deshaun Watson to just stick it to these bastards. Yeah, well, does Deshaun Watson have it in him to sit out the year 
That's what one pundit is saying. We'll talk about that next. With respect to their organization, we do not consider ourselves the Patriot South. We are here to lead this team the Texans way. Following this press conference, we'll hit the ground running and get to work on our football team. First order business will be to focus on our next head coach as we look for the right person to join the Texans' culture of integrity, hard work, and doing things the right way. That was Cal McNair back on the day where they introduced Nick Casario as the general manager, raging against the machine that says that they are the Patriots' way south. They are- uh, as they as they introduced a guy who came from the Patriots, right, 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 uh, right, a, a a decision that was reportedly driven by a former character coach with the New England Patriots, that, as well. uh, and that Texans way has been uh, I've been told is a Jack Easterby creation. Mm, yeah, mm, yeah. Um, I would imagine that a lot of that has to do uh, that a lot of what Deshaun is feeling right now has the uh, the Patriots way south baked into it. How he's feeling about how things have. Have gone in the in the building over there, um, Seth. The um, the Chris Sims quotes are are interesting. Chris Sims is saying he's talked to people that um, close to Deshaun. Let me find the exact quotes. Chris Sims, of course, former uh, NFL quarterback who's now turned into a, a successful broadcaster. He was on Mike Florio's show on Monday, and he said, "I've been led to believe that there's no way Deshaun Watson will play for the Houston Texans again." I'm saying that I've been told by somebody that I trust that says Deshaun will not play for the Houston Texans ever again, and he's willing to sit out football for the year <clears throat> if he has to. So we, we've talked in the open about the posturing the Texans are doing right now. We're not trading Deshaun Watson. Ultimately, they may have to trade Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson, at least through back channels, is saying, I'm willing to sit out the year. Do you buy that Deshaun Watson is willing to sit out a season right now? Yeah, I think so. I think that... Um... I mean, so far, if he really wanted to push the envelope, that's been the precedent, whether it's Trent Williams, um, uh, Trent Williams, Carson Palmer was willing to. He was sitting out when he ended up getting – and a lot of people – some people, when Carson Palmer forced his way out of the Bengals, a lot of people inaccurately say, oh, he was right at the end of his career. He was entering his eighth season at that point. He's like 30. yeah, yeah. Which and now thirty used to mean something different. That used to be like, hey, you're only five years away from the end. Yeah. But it wasn't like he was an old man at that point. He was right. still very much in his prime. Yeah, obviously, and he went on to have some success after that. Uh, Trent Williams, Le'Veon Bell, Trent Williams and Le'Veon Bell both sat out the entire year. Yeah, I, I, I guess if a team wanted to, they could push the envelope and try to sit out two years. And, and, and just kick it down the road. I don't know. That that really becomes a question. Are we going to push the envelope on this thing? And if maybe Deshaun's willing to sit out an entire year, would both the Texans and Deshaun have it in them to sit out an entire two years? And really, at that point, what are you doing to your organization? What are you doing to what are you doing to the culture you're trying to build? What are you doing with this this big massive issue hanging over your head? Well, you're also turning down the opportunity to trade for multiple draft picks and all of that. I think. That's why it never makes it more than one year. Yeah. The, the teams at some point just have to say, all right, this is too much. We can't move forward, and and we're also turning down some draft compensation. And maybe and, and then if Don, Deshaun sits out two years, is the draft compensation still as high as it is right now with two years out of football? So the question is, is Deshaun committed to this? All we have at this point is media reports, which the agent vaguely says some of them are false, but Deshaun, Deshaun 
by scrubbing the Texans from his social media is probably the clearest indicator that he's at least going along with a lot of these media reports. Um, I, you know, personally, I'm not a reporter, but I know enough of what's being said behind the scenes and everything that I think he's for real. And I think he's genuinely disgruntled. And I think the Texans are making a mistake if they underestimate Deshaun's resolve. I think if you, if you get into that staring contest or that game of chicken with Deshaun, I like honestly, I just I respect Deshaun more than I respect the Texans organization at this point. Yeah. I respect I respect Deshaun as a like honestly, I respect his his willingness to tough it out through hard times more than the Texans. So yeah. stop stop Deshaun is tougher than you. Okay? He's tougher than Jack Easterby. He's tougher than Cal McNair. He's tougher than Nick Casario. He's just flat out tougher than you. So don't underestimate a guy that's tougher than you. You're getting an arm wrestling match with damn Sylvester Stallone in that stupid movie from the eighties. You're uh that over would, the top. That would be over the top. Yep. Yeah. Um you're getting heated this morning, like former player heated this morning. Like I'm what I'm feeling from you right now, like I I feel like this is like almost like work stoppage, Seth Payne. You know what I mean? Like this <laughs> this feels like no, I'm serious. Like this feels like I'm feeling like the former player thing in you today. Like I'm feeling like you in in the fact that they're underestimating Deshaun Watson has you hot this morning. Like you're Yeah, that part bothers me. Yeah. And I don't and I don't want there to be a holdout. It's not like I'm rooting for that right. or anything. I just want them to I mean, they haven't taken him seriously, right? I mean, Deshaun's complaints. They have not. The Deshaun's complaints echoed the complaints of many on the team. His complaints about Jack Easterby and other things about the way that, or I don't even want to say that Deshaun specifically has complained about Jack Easterby, but Deshaun complaining about the way the organization has operated or voicing those concerns to Cal McNair uh, over all the things that have happened over the last eighteen months. I, I don't think that the organization has taken any of that seriously. Yeah. And, and I think that it's not just players. It's employees. It's everybody. It's, it's anything that's written about in those Sports Illustrated articles. You get the sense the Texans, the Texans dismiss a lot of this stuff by saying, well, those are disgruntled former employees. Or, oh, this is driven by the agent. Um, and they ignore their current employees. They ignore the former employees. They ignore the things that are written about them. They... They try to dismiss things as agent-driven, which, by the way, who the hell cares whether it's agent-driven or not? That doesn't make it any less real. That's right. You know, like, uh, that's like if somebody if somebody came up to me with a gun and they were robbing me, and I'm like, well, you're only doing this um, because you had a bad childhood. I'm not going to take you seriously. Right. This is, this is motivated by your bad childhood. Oh, and then they shoot me. So that's what you're about. You're about to, you're about to blithely walk into a situation where you get shot in the head, and you could have seen it coming. But you just ignored all the signs. Yeah. That's what's that's what's annoying me. I'm grabbing the Texans and shaking them and saying, "Why are you not seeing this? Why are you not understanding what's going on with your organization? Why do you just continue to to, to operate like everything is no big deal? Because it doesn't end. This does not end well if you if you keep operating if you don't keep addressing these things like they're actual things. Yeah, and and my my fear is that they wind up fixing the problem after they trade Deshaun Watson. Like by yeah. then. The damage yeah. is done. You know what I mean? Then, then that that would be the most damage right there. Getting you know rid what of it a is, franchise Sean? quarterback. What's that? I've been watching this show Outlander, and then mm. you get to the point in season four where it's like leading up to the American Revolution, mm-hmm. and and the, oh, Sean, these British. I don't know if you know the story or not, but these British, 
they would just not let up with their taxes yeah. to the point where you know they just they weren't taking they weren't taking the complaints seriously, Sean. Right. The, 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 hey, the colonists are saying, "Hey, yeah. hey, I'll pay my taxes, right. bro." But they, you, know, you got these, you got in North Carolina, you got these Scottish people out in the Western wilderness. Yeah. They'd already rebelled against England. They'd fought in wars. They were tougher. They were tougher, right? Then these redcoats are coming mm-hmm. in and uh, nefarious tax collectors taking more than they should. And uh, what we do? We up and uh, we up and uh, just stabbed them through their bellies with uh, with, with sabers. We invented guerrilla warfare. We did all that stuff. We we did. I, I get all my Revolutionary War information from Schoolhouse Rock. That's where I get mine. Yeah. yeah. No not more kings. Bl- yeah, yeah. That's uh, not as bloody there with the uh, the school. <laughs> no, it's rock. animated. It's uh, the the, the blood. Schoolhouse cart- Rock never had any hot sex scenes like Outlander does <laughs> either. Blood. There were deleted scenes. I heard. Um. Anyways, uh, five years. <laughs> Deleted scenes from Schoolhouse Rock with naked cartoons. There's three things you got to do if you want to get your lady ready. <laughs> I'm just a bill. Yes, I'm only a bill. He's showing leg. All right. First, you whisper in her ear something about she, oh, she's pretty. <laughs> we must move along. Uh, I, don't know if the, uh, I don't know if the head coaching hire really moved to Sean Watson to get off of his trade me stance. So let's examine this. Five theories on why the Texans hired David Culley as their new head coach. Do any of these have validity? We'll dive into these with you next. I took this job simply because there's 32 of these in this league. And it is a pleasure. It is a privilege. It is an honor to be the head coach of one of these franchises. And I happen to have that opportunity to do that now. And again, Obviously, I'm here simply because this is a bottom line business. And regardless of what had happened in the past, I've been put in a situation here to be the head coach of this this football team. That's David Culley, the new Texans head coach. You know, it's funny, Seth. I mentioned Damon Amanda Lara's show this morning a little bit earlier. The other part that was funny, his open to the show today was talking about the two Super Bowl coaches and how they're both, you know, OG coaches. They're both over the age of 60, um, two older coaches. And Damon said, you know, it, and it, it runs contrary to the hiring trend this offseason where it was all uh, young first-time coordinators that were getting these jobs. Well, except for the Texans, um, who, who hired a, a 65-year-old. But, it, yeah, these were all uh, coordinate. Well, except for the Texans, it wasn't a coordinator. It was a wide receivers coach. But the Texans, <laughs> the, t- the tex- to say the Texans went off the page to hire David Culley in terms of not only just the job description during a conventional hiring cycle, but contrary to what the rest of the league was doing um, this this offseason in terms of hiring would be an understatement. He's a first-time head coach in his mid-60s who's never been a coordinator before. And I think the you know the as the offseason rolls on and we get a a flavor for more of David Culley doing head coach things for the first time. My guess is that there are going to be times where we're going, okay, what was the, what was the thought process behind this? Like what, what is the theory behind hiring, uh, behind hiring David Culley and battle red blog? I thought had a good piece yesterday where they hypothesized a little bit. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, I think one of the, (laughs) Oh, I guess maybe really only one of these is the, is a solution or the, the theory that you, you hope is what works out, which is just flat out that, Hey, he's like, just might end up being the really the genuinely best candidate and the Texans, uh, know what they're doing, but we'll get to that. Yeah. 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 Let's, let's throw the smell test out there on these theories as to why David Culley is the head coach of this football team, Seth. And you tell me the plausibility of each of these. 
Okay. Theory number one. No one else wanted the Texans' head coaching job. Um, uh, th- this is the one I wonder about because, I mean, it's not clear that the Texans even got close to offering anybody else the job. Yeah. It's not like guys were turning down the interviews wholesale. Even Eberflus, Matt Eberflus initially declined to be interviewed, but then was later later accepted an interview. So I'm not, I'm not completely buying that. I think that there were – look – the Texans, for all their issues, their money is green, just like everybody else's. It is. It is the 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 theory behind, or the 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 um the conjecture, I guess, behind that theory would be one that Jack Easterby is scaring people away from this job. Like mm-hmm. clearly, the the Texans, anybody that's come in reportedly, as you and I have heard from from multiple people, that there were guys who wanted this general manager's job, who said that they would fire Jack Easterby, and lo and behold, look who the general manager is. It's a very close friend of Jack Easterby. So Easterby is scaring people away. And yeah. then just this feeling that the general trend of the franchise, as you've said many times, that they're becoming the Bengals, that this is now a place where coaching careers could go to die. And that's and, why and it, people would avoid it. Which is weird because it, it's not a com, uh, a perfect comparison. The Bengals have never been willing to spend money. The Texans are at least willing to spend money. That's, yeah. the, part, that's the part that's so frustrating is that I feel that if – I feel that if Jack Easterby weren't in the building, it might still be the primo destination that coaches would be scrambling to come to because Cal McNair is willing to spend money. The problem is the guy whispering in his ear telling him what to spend the money on is Jack Easterby. And in my opinion, he doesn't know what he's doing. So you get what we have here today, which is a, a decrepit roster despite spending more money last year than any other team in the NFL. That That's the frustrating and sad thing to me in all this. There's, there's a lot that's sad about this whole thing, especially if Deshaun Watson winds up in another uniform. But as far as talking about ownership, that that's the frustrating and sad thing to me is that I, I think if we're just talking 30,000 feet, I think Cal McNair's heart is in the right place. Like I think he genuinely wants to invest whatever resources are necessary to have a championship franchise. He's just getting horrific advice from his most, unfortunately, his most trusted advisor. He's getting advice on where to spend his money, and it's horrible, horrible advice. Yeah. So. Which is honestly, Sean. Now it's getting to be a point where it's uh, it's a bad look for God. You know, if if Easterby's yeah. grabbing people's hands and making them pray with him and all this stuff that's been reported, yeah. uh, then you know, and he's and he's a champion for it. If it doesn't work out, bad look right there. Yeah. And you, I think it's. I'll say if the Texans don't have a winning season this year, Sean, it's the Texans' Christian duty to get rid of Jack Easterby. Yeah. Do what they do in the church. Send him off to some other parish right. or something. You know, have him, go, have him go work with an arena league team or something. Right. You shuffle him around a little bit. He's just not, it's not in the best interest of spreading the word if you're so holy and competent at actually, you know, utilizing that word. I actually have a quote here from God on the day that DeAndre Hopkins oh. was traded. I've got a quote right here, and he said, don't drag me into this. That's what God <laughs> said that day. I'm looking at it. Yeah. What if some of the anonymous uh, sources in these stories have been God all along? <laughs> <laughs> he works in mysterious ways. I, I heard he is pulling all the strings. That is what I heard. Uh, theory number two, this is really just a corollary to theory number one. Seth and I are going through the theories on why the Texans hired David Culley, that Deshaun Watson is truly gone. Like, Deshaun Watson is out the door, so, you know, that we're... We're, we're going with a – it's a rebuild here, so we're going with the bridge coach that Deshaun Watson is out the door. I, I don't know how much we need to dig into that one because I feel like no one wanted this job and Deshaun Watson is truly gone. Kind of go hand in hand. Like no good coach is going to want this job if Deshaun Watson is truly out the door. Yeah, um, and that's 
I, I, I do think, and it's understandable, I think that a lot of people in front offices or a lot of coaches look at this situation and, you know, especially when they're trying to sound wise, like they've seen it all before, what they're saying is, hey, it's February. Yeah. You know, we don't play meaningful football for more than a half year, that there's plenty of time for this to all work out. I think what those people don't understand is just how weird and dysfunctional it is with the Texans right now. Or at least, you know what, how it had been over the last 18 months. And, and maybe this is what I would hope. Because, like I said, I don't want this to happen. I don't want Deshaun to hold out. Hopefully David Culley can have some kind of an influence in the organization to where – you know, he can, the Deshaun can be satisfied that things are different. Maybe not perfect, because no NFL team's perfect. And I, and I hope Deshaun understands that. He's not going to go anywhere where it's perfect. But maybe with new people in the building, it is a genuinely different feel. And, and maybe Deshaun gets that sense and, and just kind of comes, comes, shows up. Yeah. Here's theory number three on why the Texans hired David Culley. And I think, Seth, this is the one that you were alluding to that we hope this is the case. David Culley is really an unpolished gem of a, of a head coach. There have been other guys who've come out of, uh, of nowhere before to become really good and well-renowned head coaches, and he does come with lots of recommendations. Most of them saying he's a swell guy. You know, there's not a lot of recommendations that I've heard that talk about the innovative X's and O's part of David Culley, but I don't not know that he's... Not a single one. Not yet. Yeah. <laughs> and when I say not a whole lot, I mean zero. Which... Nobody said, like, wow, he's got some great ideas about, like, wow, he was really he was really the hidden secret to Andy Reid's offenses or anything like that. There hasn't been anything like that. No, yeah. there they're not. You know, there's quotes like this from, uh, from John Harbaugh. Um, look at the ability to motivate and operate and deal with the tougher personalities in the league, getting the most out of them without alienating them and instigating needless negative confrontation. Essentially... He has the ability to bring out the best in people in positive ways. I, I do that, like that's a great that. trait to have. If you hire the right assistant coaches, that's a great trait to have. And and that's something that the Texans have lacked. Look, their their whole philosophy since Jack Easterby got here is to export the problems, not to actually work through the problems. You know, and look at Jack Easterby. If the reports are to be believed, oh, you know, Bob Kraft did a naughty thing. I got to get out of here. My delicate ears. Um, and then, uh, you know, here he gets here and he's supposed to be this master of working with humans. And he just gets rid of anybody that, that doesn't toe the line according to whatever their weird, dependable, tough and smart characteristics are. Yeah. Bring in somebody who can actually work with people yeah. and, and maybe smooth things over instead of talking about how many, how many baby mamas there are, and, uh, and, and all that nonsense. I, I think multiple of these theories could be in play here. Like I think it could yeah. be that no one else wanted the Texans' head coaching job, and I also think it could be the next theory on here, the fourth one, which is this. The Texans needed the anti-O'Brien in order to move forward. I believe that's the case in a lot of these head coaching searches, that the guy who gets fired or ousted has certain traits or their area of expertise is a certain area of expertise, and you go oppo. We had an offensive guy who was a, 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 a blowhard and a hothead. Well, we're going to go with a defensive guy who's a little more measured and, and calm. That happens That happens a lot. Um, I, I don't think that Cully's background as a wide receivers coach really had much to do with being opposite of O'Brien or anything. I do feel like, having watched his initial press conference and heard all the things that people have had to say about him, I do think there was a serious anti-O'Brien effort in this hire to find somebody who embodied a personality that was the complete opposite of, of uh, you know, bleep you, you suck too, bleeper, bleeper, that kind of thing. And and they're, they're, put it this way, Seth, 
if Bill O'Brien gets hired somewhere else, there's not going to be this slew of, of feel-good pieces and quotes from coaches around the league talking about what a great guy he is, like there was with David Culley, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think and that I, was in play. And I don't, I don't think that's necessarily the wrong strategy. Right. I, you know, if I, if I didn't have so much skepticism built up within me, I would, I would kind of be a fan of watching this play out. But, I've, Sean, I've said too many times over the last 18 months, hey, it's an experiment, you know? Like, hey, you know what? Let's see. It, maybe it works out. But the entire time I was saying that, I was under the assumption that when the experiment failed, you would throw out all the lab equipment, but they didn't. They yeah. kept the zany professor, Jack Easterby. They right. got rid of all the lab equipment, but they kept the zany professor, and they're just trying a new experiment with Jack Easterby. That's the part that, that keeps me from being all in. Yeah. I, like, I don't, and I, I mean, I'll say it today, uh, the way a lot of other fans feel. If you just fired Jack Easterby, I'd feel a whole lot better about the direction of this organization. 100%. None of us know why the team... It's the simplest thing to do. Yeah. Hey, endure a holdout with Deshaun Watson uh, <laughs> that gets really super ugly, ugly, and maybe dirty laundry is put, aired in public, or fire Jack Easterby, which is easier. Do the easy. But the problem is Jack Easterby is in everybody's ear saying, the hard thing is the right thing to do. So see, you see, he's got everybody brainwashed into believing that the hard thing to do is always the right thing to do, and if the hard thing to do is to keep Jack Easter be employed, then by God, you're on the right path. It's amazing. There you go. It's amazing, which brings us to the final theory, and this should be the one that keeps Texan fans up at night, is that Cully was the only candidate projected to be Jack Easterby's tail. And by tail, we mean sort of the tail of the Jack Easterby dog that gets wagged alongside this. It has very little say. You know, ultimately, it's the rest of the body the brain and the, the body of the dog that dictate what the tail does. The tail does not wag the rest of the dog. And uh, the, the theory here is that Cully, Cully's going to fall in line with whatever Easterby's vision for the organization is. Seth, my fear is that that is the one. That is yeah. the theory in play here with this head coaching hire. Yeah, and um, I don't know. You know, I'm trying to remember which president it was. There was a president that was elected mostly as a conservative, and he ended up being, uh, or no, never mind, I'm getting, uh, or uh, Supreme Court Justice, sorry, who was appointed. Uh, he ended up being a Chief Justice of the Supreme Court on the basis that they thought that he was going to be pretty conservative, and he ended up being pretty progressive. Like that, it could be that type of a situation here where maybe they hire the guy in David Culley that they think is going to be the yes man, oh, and then what if all of a sudden, Intern. like, Two months into the job. Yeah. I would love that. Oh, David Culley would be my biggest hero ever. Oh. He'd be my biggest hero ever if he just all of a sudden two months into it said, hold on a second. Yeah. Hey, listen. Listen. Listen, Cal. I'm, look, I'm here to help this team win, and I'm not going to be taking any more suggestions from that guy if he pointing just at, uh, at, at Jack Easterby's little little head. Grabbed yeah. a chair and just hit Easterby over the head with it. <laughs> Or that. Yeah. <laughs> Figuratively, of course. I'm not advocating violence. It's just remember a wrestling when, analogy. Uh, yeah. Remember that story that Jim Harbaugh, supposedly when he was having a meeting and Jed York, the owner, walked in and <laughs> Jim Harbaugh said, this meeting is for men. He said it to, to the owner. Out. Yeah. Said it to the owner. Now that's a that's a little extreme. Seven one three five seven two four six ten. If you want to get in, text message. I know you guys talk about Andrew Brandt fairly often. Actually, let me pause here. Andrew Brandt, for those who don't know, uh, does a lot of writing at the Athletic SI dot com. He's a former agent and a former Green Bay Packer executive, so he's got a really good perspective on how things operate, and he's 
obviously worked on both sides with big-name quarterbacks, Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers, most specifically when he was with the Packers. All right, text message. I know you guys talk about Andrew Brandt fairly often. Did you all read his story on SI.com about him believing Deshaun won't be traded? First glimmer of hope I've had in a while. Here, actually, we have Andrew Brandt actually talking about this Deshaun Watson trade phenomenon. This management may be uh, non-communicative. They may be problematic. They may have this evangelist running the team, but they're not stupid. Right? They're not stupid. It would be stupid to trade Deshaun Watson. So I look at it from a management point of view. You know, okay, he's unhappy. How do we fix that? Now, you tell me it's unfixable. I'm not saying, I'm not giving in yet. You know, meet with him. What is the issue? What is the issue? You know, just like we talk about being clear with Aaron Rodgers about what's the plan, let's be clear with the agents for Deshaun Watson and the team. What's the issue? Can we resolve it? How or not? And that's where I'm looking at Sean Watson. Seth, how would you categorize? Yeah, yeah, okay, you know what? You know what? You know what? This tone. is what drives me crazy. Again, yeah, Andrew Brandt, who's a very intelligent guy, he's been in the business forever. But again, you're on the outside and you don't understand the complete situation. Why do you assume that Deshaun hasn't already voiced his concerns with the organization? Why do you assume that Deshaun's being the difficult one here? Why do you why do you say that the Texans aren't stupid when they've done many stupid things over the last 18 months? Why do you assume again this is a very and now he's an agent now. He's gone back to working as an agent. Um this is this is more of just looking at players like oh, he's just an upset little child. He'll be fine over time. He'll get over it. Um, and I, I read the piece in Sports Illustrated. Look, Andrew Brandt, for whatever it's worth, we all are wrong about things. We all have bad takes at times. All Every single one of us is makes bad predictions. But he was adamant that Antonio Brown wouldn't get traded mm. because it didn't make any sense for the organization, right? right? And so, so with that, I'll hold him to that take because he did it with the same tone of, oh, no, 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 no. It doesn't make any sense for the Steelers to trade Antonio Brown. So they'll never do it. Like, how many times do you have to see things happen that don't make sense before you concede that things happen that don't make sense. I mean, he's like an idealistic sophomore in college here talking about the way the world works. It's weird. This is where I would again point out to anybody outside of Houston, especially people who cover the NFL, have you not watched this team operate over the last 18 months? How how you can have a, a conventional take about this team and things unfolding in a way that 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 mirrors history is beyond me at this point. It, like name the moves that have unfolded with this team over the last eighteen months that have materially affected this franchise that unfolded in a way that would unfold with any other sane or competent NFL team. You can't. They're trading major draft capital for left tackles. They're they're dumping players who have made multiple Pro Bowls. They're dumping their best player. For second round picks, like there's, there's, a, they're hiring chaplains to run things in the building. They're hiring a hot headed head coach to be the GM. I don't know how you can observe this team right now. This isn't even throwing shade or being mean. This is just data. This is, these are facts. I'm not bringing up I'm conjecture gonna... or, or, or any sort of rumor or innuendo. These are all things that have happened in that building over the last two years. I'm going to need him to name his sources uh, of the people who claim that the Texans aren't stupid. Um, I'm going to need <laughs> like, which I'm, I'm trying not to name call here. Like, okay, yeah. yeah, they're not stupid. They've done some stupid things like, I like right. almost objectively stupid things. So 
Uh, for for him to, it's it's annoying to people in Houston when you hear people on the outside say, "Well, it doesn't make any sense." Yeah, that's the same thing. We remember how stupid Peter King was for suggesting that DeAndre Hopkins might get traded, and that lo and behold, if he did get traded, it wouldn't be for a second round pick in David Johnson, right? Oh no, no, no. no. Yeah. Peter King suggested Jack Easterby was going to let get let go like three weeks ago. <laughs> you know, like it's it's. <laughs> Please watch. You know, like I feel like I'm sending smoke signals through the rest of the SOS. No, that's not. It's it's not conventional here at all right now. Four or five teams. That's what we're hearing that Deshaun Watson's camp is down to. Four or five teams. We'll hear it directly from the person who reported it next. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 